Hello, podcast listeners. It is Michelle, and I want to extend an invitation to all the Catholic women ages 21 to 30 that have a heart for mission or feel a call for leadership to come to the Given Catholic Women's Leadership Forum that will take place this June 19th through the 13th at Catholic University in Washington, D.C. There you will have the amazing opportunity to develop your personal gifts and leadership skills and help you identify where you can put these skills and gifts to use for the gospel and the church. And you'll have an amazing time to pray with other amazing lay and religious women. At the forum, you'll receive practical faith formation, leadership development, and mentoring, and leave with a concrete plan that you can take back to your community. The Given Forum is the signature program of the Given Institute, which seeks to raise up Catholic female leaders, both lay and religious, and unleash the feminine genius into the heart of the church. Applications for the Given Forum are now open. You can look and get even more details at thegiveninstitute.com to learn more about the forum and to apply. Applications close on February 12th. For such a time as this, the world needs women that are rooted in the heart of the church and become female leaders to allow the feminine genius to be unleashed. In case you missed our previous announcement, we have chosen our Lenten book study. It is This Present Paradise by Claire Dwyer, and all the information about the study and the book is on our website, so go check it out. Hello, and welcome to the Abiding Together podcast. Abiding Together is a place where you can find connection, rest, and encouragement on your journey with Jesus Christ. My name is Sister Miriam James Heidland, and every week I'm joined by two of my very dearest friends, Heather Kim and Michelle Benzinger. This podcast is born out of our friendship and all that the Lord is doing in our lives. You hear us laugh, you hear us cry, you hear us share very vulnerably, and you hear us talk about the things that we're still learning along the way, and you're most welcome to join us. You can find out all of our information on our podcast episodes on abidingtogetherpodcast.com. But for now, grab a cup of coffee, settle in, and welcome home. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Abiding Together podcast. And we have been wanting to talk about this for a while now. So on December 8th, 2020, Pope Francis very surprisingly and very gloriously declared a year of uh, St. Joseph. And so everybody was... I mean, on the Feast of the Immaculate Conception, he declared a year of St. Joseph. And I think we could all agree that if the world needs somebody like St. Joseph, the time is now. (laughs) So what we're going to talk about today is we're going to talk about the letter that he wrote, that Pope Francis wrote to accompany his declaration of the year of St. Joseph. And the letter is called Patris Cordae, the Heart of the Father. And it's something you can download for free. It's a very short letter. It's only like about 11 pages when you print it out. But it's chock full, as we were just talking before we started recording this podcast, it's chock full of amazing goodness. So we're going to dive into this very quickly. But before we do that, Heather, how's it going? How are you? It is going well. It is going well. You know, I just felt like the switch from 2020 to 2021. I had this image of like, it felt like 2020, we were just like in the fetal position. Like 2021, (laughs) it's time to get up. Like it's time to get up, you know, rise up. And I don't know, there was just like a different kind of, I don't know, strength that has been coming in this year of like, okay, let's go people. We're not going to sit around and take this anymore. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I've just been reflecting on stuff like that, you know, praying, Mm -hmm. praying Mm -hmm. into it. Yeah. How about you, Miss Michelle, my bell? Um, yes, I am. I'm good. Yeah. Everything's good. I'm just trying to think 
yeah, I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) I know we say that, that it's like, well, I'm also have all this, 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 this was like, are we going to get into that right now? (laughs) Overall. I'm good. So we'll leave it at that. Sister, how mm-hmm. are you? I am well. We, we had to curtail this conversation because like oh, all of us are working on a time constraint today. I was like, I'm so sorry. I started talking. I should have just been like, let's dive into this. So this is really, we're, we're going to be very concise here, dear friends. But this is such a great topic. And so we want to invite you to journey with us if you want to. You don't have to have read the letter or if you want to go through it with us, you can. We're just going to talk about a couple really, I mean, there's so many beautiful nuggets as we were looking through this letter of but there's just one I'm going to talk about a couple of the nuggets that were just very piercing for each one of us. And so the the letter starts out on the 150th anniversary of the proclamation of St. Joseph as patron of the Universal Church. It's right? so a patron of, of the church, the home. St. Joseph is entrusted to, to marry, to protect her, to watch over her, to guard her, to be the father of the home. And so the Pope starts out with, with these, these first couple lines. It says, with a father's heart, right? That's his first statement, with a father's heart. That is how Joseph loved Jesus whom all four Gospels refer to as the son of Joseph. Matthew and Luke, the two evangelists who speak most of Joseph, tell us very little, yet enough for us to appreciate what sort of father he was and the mission entrusted to him by God's providence. So we're going to see, we talked about Mary extensively in in Advent about the heart of a mother. Really what we're going to encounter, we're going to encounter Joseph in a relationship is through the heart of the father. And so I know for me, I'll I'll just dive in here. I know for me, when I first saw excerpts from this letter, the part that just absolutely pierced me uh, to the core was actually number two in the letter. And the title of that particular section of the letter is called A Tender and Loving Father. And there's so much beauty in this particular letter, but could I just raise, or could I just offer to you a couple of things? Maybe we could have a bit of a discussion he talks about how our grace is made perfect in weakness and about the middle of, or the first few paragraphs down, Pope Francis says this, uh, since this is part of the entire economy of salvation, we must learn to look upon our weaknesses with tender mercy. He says, the evil one makes us see and condemn our frailty, whereas the spirit brings it to light with tender love. Tenderness is the best way to touch the frailty within us. Pointing fingers and judging others are frequently signs of an inability to accept our own weakness, our own frailty. And then he says this, only tender love will save us from the snares of the accuser. Right. And I remember when I first that I first read those few sentences, it was just so piercing to me because it really is true. Like the enemy comes, you know, the enemy is an accuser. He comes to steal, kill and destroy. And how often he points out our weaknesses or we see them ourselves or other people point them out to us, but it's not in a way that is comforting and consoling and calling to transformation, but to condemn. And I notice myself when I start condemning other people or judging other people, usually it's because I don't want to face what's, what's in, what's within me. And there's something about tenderness. Dr. Dan Allender talks about tenderness and kindness that interrupts the cycle of shame. It interrupts the cycle of self-hatred and contempt because those things keep us bound in strongholds of fear and of, of out of relationship. But tenderness, that tender strength has a power to pierce our hearts and it it's, it's unnerving, but it also is disarming and it's surprising. So Michelle, as you journey through this letter and we talk about this section of a tender and loving father, what are some of the things that stick out to you? 
Well, one of the things that sticks out to me is for the word of the year, my husband's word of the year is tender this year. Mm. That's what he chose. And so I already see him pretty tender. You know, he has a tender heart. I mean, man, he's come a long way since we began married. You know, the very beginning, he was very German in his exterior. Where, and when I mean that, not as a derogatory term, but very like practical, like this is it. You know, there's the right way and the wrong way, like very just militant some things. And, but uh, through just, you know, marriage and children and rubbing out the sharp edges. Like I, he is so tender and he's so Mm -hmm. sensitive and he is very um, slow to anger and he's very patient. But I even see like Lord calling him into a deeper tenderness. You know, he was talking about with me and our children, even deeper than that. But I love where he was talking. We were, and he said that the Lord was really even revealing to him, not only tender, like where you're tender and gentle, and he was referring to the only time that Jesus really speaks about who he is, not who the father is. He says, when I'm meek and lowly of hearts. And another mm. word for meek is gentle. Chris is like, mm. that's how he speaks about his character. That's how I want to embody that in mine. But one of the things I love when he was explaining his word to me, he said, also it means to tend oh. like a gardener, you know, and I think that fits St. Joseph so perfectly. Like he tends to the garden of our hearts. He protects them. He helps us get the weeds out. And I think for me, St. Joseph in the last year and a half, like last year, I started with the St. Joseph consecration and he just became, I love it. In this document, it talks about St. Joseph in the shadows, like mm-hmm. that he's always like behind the scenes. And for me, he came out of the shadows for me in this past year and a half. He came out of the shadows and became tangible and real, like a real intercessor, but a real example for me what fatherhood looks like. Like when I think about him as a carpenter, I think about the calluses on his hands. I think Mm -hmm. about the hidden life in Nazareth. And I think for me during Advent, we were journeying with the Holy Family. We did Father Mark Toop's study about the Holy Family. And just Joseph came alive to me even in more tangible ways there. Like Mary did in the Advent study that Mm -hmm. we did, Joseph has also become this tangible, real thing where he is tender, he cares, he is humble. But this is how Jesus learned how to be a man is through his example, you know, and he also wants to father us. And I just like was so excited when Pope Francis declared the year of St. Joseph, if we need a guiding father and if we need a wise and tender father, the time is now. The time Mm -hmm. is now for all of that. So, yeah. Heather, what about you? Yeah, it's funny because there's no like recorded words that Joseph says in scripture, yet he speaks volumes through his decisions that he made. And I love what you were saying, sister, about like frailty within us. And we see Joseph, he's afraid, you know, like when, when all of this first comes to him, he's like, what? Like you could just imagine. And I think it's important to do that, to sit with scripture and imagine what it would be like for this to actually occur, because these are real stories. These things actually occurred. And so Joseph in his frailty, he's afraid. And I love the part just above where you read, sister, it says the the history of salvation is worked out in hope against hope through our weaknesses. Mm -hmm. All too often we think that God works only through our better parts, yet most of his plans are realized in and despite our frailty. Mm. And I read that, I was like, this is so hopeful because 
I feel incredibly small. You know, I feel incredibly weak a lot of the time. And to just think like God can accomplish wonderful things through my weakness. And I think with St. Joseph, what I keep looking at with him is he still moved forward. There was movement there. He didn't just sit in his fear and in his weakness, but he allowed God to move and he agreed with God's plan. He said, yes, he made his own fiat, you know, and said yes to the will of God and moved forward and great things happened even though he was frail. Like, I think Joseph is incredibly relatable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When one part, another part that stuck out just at the beginning, and Michelle, you kind of alluded to it, was that Joseph was in the shadows. And I love this one line that just said, St. Joseph reminds us that those who appear hidden or in the shadows can play an incomparable role in the history of salvation. Mm-hmm. And so to not diminish like where we are in our life, I've heard from so many different people. They're like, well, I'm just a stay-at-home mom, or I'm just, you know, this or that or whatever. I'm just a student. I'm just a young person. Like, what can I do? I'm just in the shadows and no one sees me. And and to not devalue, to not minimize, diminish like what God wants to accomplish in and through you. If we look through all of scripture, he takes so many lowly people in their frailty and their littleness and brings about great things. So I, it's just incredibly hopeful, some of the things the Holy Father's drawing out here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's absolutely beautiful. And I just think the strength and the weakness, like, and it says in that, section right there, the scripture that he makes things perfect through our weakness, not just good, like perfect, but it's that surrendered weakness. That is that surrender weakness that we see the Lord's strength displayed through us in which St. Joseph embodied so well and so beautifully. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sister, what are your thoughts? You see his heart, uh, his tender heart being opened and his heart poured out in love, like you both are saying so beautifully that he did not know how the story would, all the details or all the contours of the story, but he just kept saying yes. Like he just kept, I think Heather, you mentioned that he talks about he, jo- Joseph continues to give his own personal fiat. And this mm-hmm. is all, this is all of us. This is the day-to-day life. This is the, the thousands of decisions that we make every single day. Like this is the daily fiat. This is the daily, like, Lord, I don't, this does, I, this doesn't make sense to me, but I'm going to, I'm going to open my heart to you here. And there is something about, there's something, there's such a strength to tenderness. And I think when, especially women, women are, we're tender more by our nature, but I think there's something so, like you look at the heart of Christ and just how he encounters people. And there's something so awesomely fearsome in a man who's tender because he brings about his strength in compilation with the appealing to the gentleness of the heart. And that takes a lot of virtue uh, you know, anybody can come in and just start kicking tables over and all kinds of stuff, you know, like that, that's, there's an expression of, mm-hmm. you know, even say it's not, not related, but like Christ cleansing the temple. There's a time for that. There's a time for the lion, but there's also a time for the lamb. And there's something so incredible about a man who can harness, that's meekness, who can harness his strength for life. Mm-hmm. A man who can harness his strength for life. And when he appropriates that strength, when it's appropriate in outward ferocious ways, but also when he can harness that strength and bring it to the the potency of a healing blessing, which has the profound power to transform hearts. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's beautiful and it's huge. And I love that in his tenderness, 
then he was, it says that Joseph is obedient. So he's obedient. He went wherever the Lord sent him to go. Like, goodness gracious, you know, like he is in the Holy Family and here he is with two people that don't sin. I mean, come on, you know, the guy has to have his A game. And, but then I love the part in the fourth part of this letter where he says he's an accepting father. And mm-hmm. I absolutely love the first part, the two parts of that. It says, Joseph accepted Mary unconditionally. He trusted in the angel's words. The nobility of Joseph's heart is such that what he learned from the law, he made dependent on charity. Today in our world, where psychological, verbal, and physical violence towards women is so evident, Joseph appears as the figure of a respectful and sensitive man. Even though he did not understand the bigger picture, he makes a decision to protect Mary's good name, her dignity, and her life. In his hesitation how best to act, God helped him by enlightening his judgments. And I love the next part where it says, Often in life, things happen whose meaning we do not understand. Our first reaction is frequently one of disappointment and rebellion. Joseph set aside his own ideas in order to accept the course of events, and mysterious as they seem to embrace them, taking responsibility for them and making them part of his own story. Unless we are reconciled with our own history, we will be unable to take a single step forward, for we will remain hostage to our expectations and the disappointments that follow. What? Whoa, I know. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, oh my God. Right? And I was just like, is Pope Francis talking to me? Like, what? Have you been reading my journal? Stop. Come on. You know? And I was like, oh my goodness. Our first reaction is frequently one of disappointment and rebellion. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking to myself, Joseph was a just man, a chaste man. And like, he had to see, like, after the betrothal, he had to notice that Mary was with child. Like there was a while before that, that the Lord revealed it to him. And I was like, oh my goodness. And he was such a good man and he loved her. But I also was thinking to myself, they grew up in the same village. They knew each other since they grew up together. They've known one another. So he's probably thinking, okay, how could a Mary have done this to me? Like, what Mm -hmm. did she do? Like, I mean, he's just being natural. Like, these are the things. And of course, you're going to be disappointment. Of course, you're going to rebel, you know, but man, he trusted in the Lord has a bigger picture. But what does it look like for us to come to terms with our own personal stories where it has brought disappointment in our lives. And what about choosing surrender instead of rebellion? You know, that right there, I'm like, okay, here you go. I'm going to just camp out right here. You know, it's been a little time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot there, a lot that we can break apart there. And I, th- I love where it says God helped him by enlightening his judgment. And I'm like, do we pray for that? Do we pray that God would enlighten our judgment? Like when we are experiencing disappointment or we we're trying to figure it out, we have our own way. We have our own ideas. Joseph did. He's like, I'll just get up in the middle of the night. I'll go, you know, I'll just take off and it'll be fine. Like I'm protecting Mary and God had a different way. I think often we just act too quickly. We don't wait to ask for God to enlighten our judgment before mm-hmm. we act on things. We experience emotions and we act. And this we see this all over our culture right now. If we experience any kind of opposition, it's like, we'll cancel that person or we're yeah. going to get in a big fight or I'm just going to unfollow them or I'm going to block them or whatever it might be. It's like we don't want to encounter some of the difficulties and then have God enlighten our judgment before we act. So... Yeah, I think it's a really, really important thing that we can learn from Joseph here. He paused. He did. Mm-hmm. Or he hesitated, whatever it was. But in that in that space between when he acted and what he felt like he should do, uh, God was able to change uh, what happened. 
because he was docile, you know, he, there was an openness mm-hmm. there. Yeah. And, and would that we would all pray for that. And can we just bless as women, we have a lot of male listeners and we have a lot of women who have a lot of men in their lives. Can we just bless as women, the masculine heart? Mm-hmm. Gentlemen, your masculinity is not toxic. It is glorious. It mm-hmm. is glorious. And as John Paul II says, it has been given to you to guard the dignity of every woman whether you know her or not. And we as women know intuitively when a man, even if we don't know, when he's opening the door for us at at a restaurant or something like that, women can intuit this receptivity of when a man protects and guards that dignity. And gentlemen, we need that from you. We need that from you in a society that excoriates you, that tells you how toxic you are, that how you're, it's just, it's, it's nonsense. It is nonsense. The heart of masculinity, the way that God has created you is glorious and it provides a safety and a refuge for a woman's heart to grow, to be who she is called to be so she can bloom and grow and bring life. And without that protection, without that guardianship, she struggles. And so it's the reciprocity of the gift of each. And I just want to, I just, I, the men, your heart is beautiful. Your heart is beautiful. And would that we, you know, would pray for you to help uphold you and defend you and protect you and and that the Lord would speak to your hearts this week, uh, this year, really, under the patroness of St. Joseph as this tender and accepting father. And later on in the letter, the Pope Francis is going to talk about St. Joseph being chaste and the definition that he gives of chastity, which is one of self-gift. It's not possessive. And it's so how how can we come to love other people in our life, not as our possessions, but as gifts given to us? that we can receive them with open hands and give them back to the Lord with open hands and see their beauty and their goodness and affirm them in that and press them toward the Lord. These are the deep places of our hearts that we, all of us know what it's like to have somebody want to possess us. And it's it's off-putting. And we all in our life know what it's like to want to possess somebody else and to stuff them in a place in our hearts that they don't belong. But it's like that call of the 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 openness of the heart, like what you're both are saying, the obedience, the the assurance, the the unconditional acceptance, even when it's difficult to understand when it's painful, that allows our hearts to come to fruition. So I just I don't know, I just wanted to bless the hearts of all of all men. Your your heart's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I think what we talked about in the previous podcast with Deborah, like that she called on you know, Barack to fight in who he was. Mm. And so for us as women, yes, like there have been us that were, that we have been hurt by the hands of men. We have been hurt and wounded by the hands of men. But also for us, we have therefore hurt the hearts yes. of men also. Yes, we and have. we have to take responsibility for that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I just even know in my own life, just where I have closed off my own receptivity, where mm-hmm. I have not opened my own heart, where I have not been like an inviting place, you know, for Chris to come. Like I have to look at that, you know, and for me, I'll for seeing just because of the back part of my story. And this is what Francis was saying. Like, but Francis was like, you got to own your part too and look through, take responsibility for your part. But because there was a father wound there, like I had put expectations on Chris, you need to make this better mm. <laughs> mm. and shut down, which, you know, doing it subconsciously, but still doing yeah. it and realizing that that's not his debt to pay. You oh, know, mm. that is not his to pay. It is for the Lord to redeem. Mm-hmm. And then for us to work it out. And I think one of the most beautiful things that's even the Lord, I think one of the m- most beautiful thing about sacraments and the sacrament of marriage is the Lord continues to grow it. And it always goes deeper when it's surrendered. It always goes deeper and there's always more. But this has just been such a beautiful year of healing for me in a lot of ways. And I was just sharing with Chris some vulnerable things and he's like, stop. 
and he just looked at me and said, this makes me cry. I said, this isn't, and I think I may have shared parts of this in the podcast, this isn't your wound. This, there's no more your wound and my wound in marriage. We're one. He said, so it's ours. So he's like, you don't have to clean up to bring all this to me. Like, we're in this together. Mm. We're one. So it's ours. And I think St. Joseph does such a beautiful, he's such a beautiful example of that. Like when he's guarding Mary's reputation. Hey, it's not your reputation. It's our reputation. Mm. And I will guard you and protect you. And I will be your covering. And she will be this receptive place for him to come, both. Mm. And so just such a beautiful thing. And I often ponder like what their hidden life in Nazareth was like together, the three of them. You know, just those images, like what was it like for them together in that Mm -hmm. place, in that house in Nazareth? What was their hidden life, their conversations? I think about what were their looks to one another? Like, oh my goodness, like their secret glances, looks, do they know? I mean, just the hidden life, you know, is such a mystery to me, but I bet there was so much beauty. And it talks about in this document, the school of St. Joseph. I want to enter in that school. How do you, you know, how do you apply? I want to go to that school. <laughs> yeah. As you were talking to you, I was reflecting on um, like the gift that Joseph was to Jesus. Like mm. obviously God, the father is Jesus's father, you know, but the gift of Joseph to be there, to mm-hmm. walk with him through things, to teach him, to come alongside of him, um, to share life with him, like all of those things to experience life with him, to be a protective presence there, like in human form that could touch him and hold him. And and I think, you know, God also wants to give us this gift. There's many of us who haven't had the experience of uh, good men in our lives or good fathers or whatever that might be, men and women both. And that I do think this is a place that God wants to restore, like within us, both from himself, that God wants to father us, that he wants to reveal what it's like to us. He wants to show us what it feels like to be fathered well, to be fathered by a father who loves, who's faithful, who is steady in his love, like unwavering in his mercy, all of those things. But I do think God also sends us people to be fathers to us. Like Joseph was this adoptive father for Jesus and God too sends people into our lives to father us in ways like that take on the face of God the Father, that show us compassion and mercy, that can teach us different things, and to welcome that, to look for that in our life. God wants to fill all of the broken spaces with His presence, and He will use other people to do that. And what an incredible Mm -hmm. gift. And if that's something that you're longing for, to just bring that prayer before God, like, God, please send me spiritual fathers. Send me men in my life, whether you're a man or a woman, who can father me and be an example to me and come alongside of me mm-hmm. to reveal your heart to me. Gosh, what you both are saying here is just so sacred. Uh, Michelle, thank you especially for just sharing that tender part of your heart and your marriage there. Mm-hmm. And I, mm-hmm. it's true, so Heather, it's, it's true what you're saying, both of you that have, yeah, it's just kind of a, the question of how do I love well? You know, how do I say as a man, you know, how do I father well when I haven't been fathered well? Mm-hmm. You know, how do we as women, how do we as women receive the protection of a man if we haven't received that from our dad? You know, and mm-hmm. I think for myself, I, I noticed that my, my father passed away almost 20 years ago and, and God bless him, you know, and I love my dad a lot, but I just noticed there are places in my, in my own life. And I think I've talked about this before on the podcast where he just didn't pursue me and he just didn't say he, I mean, not just being silent, but he just didn't say the things or stand up for when he needed to. And I found like just the burden of me trying to people please or me trying to take that on myself or prove that I'm worthy enough. And it just comes from this broken place. And so just 
in a sense, looking at my dad as a person and understanding a story and releasing just that resentment and those places in my heart, but also looking at the men that God has sent me in my life to restore my face of fatherhood, because in each man mm-hmm. that God has sent, I can see the face of God in each one of them. Like I can see over the years where the Lord has sent me priests and different coaches for volleyball and, and just different priests that I have friends and I have laymen, you know, like both of your husbands, just each of your husbands speak to me in a different way of how God loves. And I love it. It's just like this gift of like St. Joseph, give me the eyes to see in the heart because as what you're saying is the Lord doesn't want us to remain closed off. And yes, we have may have had wonderful fathers and we may have had fathers that were not there in any way. And many of us have fathers that are a mix of many things because we're a mix of many things. Mm-hmm. But in that, in that very place, the Lord comes to reveal to us over and over again of who he truly is. And St. Joseph especially is this tremendous gift for our hearts of receiving a really good father. Mm-hmm. Amen, amen. Amen. Good. Yeah. Um, anything else, dear friends? I mean, there's so much here, right? <laughs> we could do like we could she could do a four part episode series on this. Mm-hmm. But anything else, Heather Michelle? As we invite people to spend time with this letter, like we said, it's a very simple letter. It's not too long. I print it off, or it just and just sit with it and just see what resonates with you and what the Lord wants to do in your heart. Um, would you either one of you want to add anything as we come to a close here? No, I think it's a beautiful way in the year of St. Joseph. There's two consecrations. There's Father Donald Calloway has a beautiful consecration of St. Joseph. And then there's also another one from, is it JP? Not JP2, but Theology of the Body. Yeah, so they have, we'll link them both here. But they're just beautiful journeys to take with St. Joseph, where you get to know his attributes and his character. Mm -hmm. So I would suggest just really sitting with this letter. Like bring this letter, look at the different characteristics of St. Joseph's fatherhood. And in this year of St. Joseph, you know, do a consecration to him and trust your heart to his hands. Um, It'll be just a gift. It is a gift. He is a gift that the Father has given to us. So allow that gift to be discovered in new and um, deeper ways this year. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Heather, anything else you want to add, dear? No, I love it. I felt like that was short but deep and rich. So yeah, I think there's a lot there. It's great. Well, uh, dear friends, what do we want to add our one things here for the week? Um, Heather, do you want to share with your listeners what are one, what your one thing is? Yes. I've already shared it with you both because it was so good. Um, so half-baked harvest. Yeah. I think I've said this before. If you're not following her, you just get on the bandwagon. She's so good. Her food is so beautiful. And and reasonable. So I made this, it's called baked black pepper ranch chicken fingers with honey mustard. I made it last night. It was a huge hit. Everybody in the family loved it. It was so good. Key to the recipe, breading it with crushed cornflakes, hmm. but really seasoned well. Mm-hmm. So it's relatively healthy. Yeah, it's good. It was so good. So I'm going to put that on in the show notes so you can find it. <laughs> So, I mean, who doesn't love a chicken tender? Come on. We both. Well, probably probably vegans, but. Uh, <laughs> like tofu chicken. <laughs> Michelle, what about you? What's your one thing for the week, friend? My one thing is, I think it, it's Beckett Wants to Become a Priest by Matt Riggett. So it's oh, book. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And so it is that book. It is a children's book about um, this little boy that wants to become a priest. Mm, mm, that is cute. I looked through that. It looks very cute. Uh, my one thing for the week is also a book, and it's a book that Michelle Benzinger sent me. And it's a book, speaking of fathers, it's a book called Dear Father by Catherine Doherty. And it's a, it's called A Message of Love for Priest. And it's a series of essays on her love for the priesthood. And I I actually started reading it during a retreat for priests that I was helping to lead. And it just, just sitting in the chapel with 13 priests reading her words of love for priests was absolutely piercing. So I would highly recommend it. Um, Dear Father by Catherine Doherty. So, well, thank you, dear friends. We've come to a, just a really important year and it's, it's no coincidence that Pope Francis has entrusted this year to St. Joseph. So we just want to invite you to do the same thing that St. Joseph is a real person who lives before God and he gives us real help and he offers us real love and he's with us. So let's allow uh, him to take us into his home like he does with Mary and Joseph and to spend the year there and just to see how our hearts will be healed. So until next week, we will be abiding together. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you liked it, would you please share it with a friend? We encourage you to head over to our website, abidingtogetherpodcast.com, where you can find all the show notes, links to our one thing, transcripts, group discussion questions for each episode, and beautiful mugs, t-shirts, journals, and prints in our shop. There you can also subscribe to receive our weekly email with links to each new episode and all of its content. We'd love to connect on social media and invite you to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter so you can catch inspiring reflections every day. You're also welcome to join our private Facebook group and dive deeper into discussions with our fellow listeners. If the podcast has blessed you, would you prayerfully consider financially supporting us? The Abiding Together podcast is only available due to the generous support of our listeners. There are significant costs associated with creating this content, such as tech support, design, website, equipment, and hired staff that we need to be able to continue offering great content to you. Abiding Together is a nonprofit 501c3, and all donations are tax deductible. You can make donations of any amount through a website called Patreon, or you can send us a check directly if that's easier. If you donate $15 or more per month on our Patreon page, you become a tribe member and you will receive monthly individual videos from Michelle, Heather, and I, as well as other exclusive content, recipes, playlists, downloadable prints, and more. You can find all the information about Patreon at patreon.com forward slash abiding together. Thank you and God bless you.